You're back here at Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall with a corporate update from Visla Silver today. Uh, yesterday, they published news out 24 new drill holes targeting the Tejitos Kapala resource area within that Panuco Silver Gold project. Uh, this is a pretty extraordinary hit 1,030 grams per ton silver equivalent over 20 and a half meters. True width was the headline number out of hole 169. And happy to welcome in CEO Michael Connor to discuss. Hey, Mike. Oh, hi, Trevor. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, that that's one hell of a hit, my friend. Yes, we're uh, we're we're elated. <laughs> yeah, and and the you know the crazy part is that it's just not you know a headline and burying other holes. It's you know five you know highlighted holes that are you know spectacular that uh, on their own would would be headlines. So, Copala is just uh, you know an incredible incredible vein. Yeah, uh, in fact, it was it was so positive within the company. Your chairman, Craig Perry, actually went on to one of the big board chat rooms for Visla uh, and said, and literally called this, this is the discovery of a lifetime. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of energy behind this. Unfortunately, uh, the market hasn't responded favorably. That just goes to tell you what kind of market we are in when you could put out great exploration results and the market uh, sells you down. Uh, but really, let's talk about the big picture here within these drill results from Kapala. You know, how does this expand the resource and... And, you know, what, what, what's, you know, does, does this change the strategy at all with your, what is it, 13 drill rigs on site? Yeah, you, you know, I, I, no, I have to be careful how I uh, describe this because, you know, there's, there's you know, obviously forward-looking statements and, you know, we're at the, the resource stage here, but we're growing very rapidly. But um, the, the strategy doesn't necessarily change. Um, it, it's really more the kind of scope of what we're always wanting to do, um, you know, is better supported by uh, this Copala vein. So, you know, I think I've mentioned in the past that we've, we've always intended and our goal and our vision has always been to be a, a minimum of a 12 million ounce per annum producer. And, you know, in order to do that, a, a company would need to put, uh, you know, to do it kind of in the, in the traditional sense of, um, uh, you know, a mining company here going through the, the stages, a company would, need to put, uh, you know, 120 million ounces of silver equivalent into a mine plan that would produce 12 million ounces for, for 10 years, basically. So, you know, what we're seeing here uh, in conjunction with the growth at Napoleon and Tejitos is that, you know, that 12 million ounces, you know, could could be more on the small side. And, you know, our vision here is to, to make, you know, a very large um, production scenario out of uh, Tejitos and Copala, and uh, and Napoleon, and 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 why Copala is important for that is that uh, you know a 600 by 400 meter by let's say perhaps a 10 meter average width uh, gives you on a flatline structure gives you the ability to do uh, essentially bulk tonnage mining underground, uh, which would then support a higher throughput milling facility, and you know this this could very well be in excess of that 12 or. or you know, more million ounces per annum because you have multiple phases of, of, of mining all feeding into a mill from, from three very, you know, nearby, um, you know, local vein systems. You know, Napoleon's about 500 meters away from Tejitos. You know, I would imagine, I haven't done the, 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 the distance calculation, but I would say that probably the center of Copala is probably about a kilometer as the crow flies away from 
I should say a thousand meters as the crow flies away from uh, the guy in arrow zone, which is the high grade uh, near surface zone at Napoleon. So, you know, if you're a, a company that's looking to move this into production, having a very thick near surface um, high grade flatline structure like Copala really gives you the ability to uh, generate tonnage that would feed a, a larger mill than we previously envisioned. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I, you know, obviously, just kind of comparing this to Napoleon, which you and I have spoke in length about over the last few years um, with drilling there, obviously good success there, you're finding good high-grade mineralization. You know, everybody who's considering putting in some sort of mine development plan wants to start with high grade first to, you know, make, get those payables taken care of. How does this compare? Like is the Napoleon maybe getting pushed to the side with these now results from Kapala or, or, you know, what would you maybe consider starting with if it were to get to that point? Well, you know, I think you could do a combination, right? So, um, you know, you'd look at, 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 um, Copala here, it's near surface. I think mineralization, we first intersected about 40 meters below surface. Um, Guy and Arrow at Napoleon is, is basically right at surface. So, you know, what I would envision is that you, you know, you could permit and, and, um, and, um, you know, drive several, uh, adits to start into mineralization that would all be very close to surface, if not at surface. And, you know, that, that, you know, you, you could feed into, you know, either while you're building the mill, you could do that as underground development and you could have your stockpiles like Silvercrest did. And, um, you know, you, you probably wouldn't start at a, you know, huge, huge, um, production in the first year, but you could build up to it pretty rapidly. And I know I've done a lot of research on, um, districts that have existed like this before. And, and just as a side note, there's, there really isn't any district like this in Mexico uh, that that exists in the hands of a junior. Certainly, one that's worth uh, only a quarter a quarter billion dollars Canadian, um, you know, as as our market cap is today. Um, but you know, they are generally serviced by about a forty five to five thousand ton a day uh, mill. The other ones in Mexico, you know, you think about Palmarejo or Pinos Altos or San Dimas is a you know a little different. It's a bit smaller, but. Um, you know, you see, you see this in other places in Mexico, and, and I think this is on track to becoming one of those very large-scale district producers of, of um, you know, very meaningful output of, of, of uh, annual production. Uh, you know, as far as uh, silver exploration in Mexico, this has got some of the widest grade, uh, widest intervals with high grade that I can remember seeing. And, and just without going back into a lot of the details of the previous drilling, how how much wider are these intervals compared to a lot of things you found on the property? Well, you know, we were pretty blown away by Napoleon, and Napoleon's uh, you know three and a half four meters wide on average. Um, right, that's a vertical vein, uh, which is great underground mining widths. Uh, you know, Tejitos is about three meters wide. Um, we've seen ore shoots that are twenty meters wide uh, in other veins that have been mined out, but this is really uh, special and. It's not to say that we haven't seen these elsewhere, and and you know these flatline the, the the locals call them mantos, but um, these kind of flatline uh, vein structures are uh, prized or were prized by the the Gambesino miners, the local miners, and <clears throat> you know some of them have been mined out. So there there had been a bit of drilling at a at a place called Colorado, um, which was one of the very few places that had seen drilling uh, prior to our arrival. And, um, you know, the local miners after that company left went and, um, and mined that out. 
And so um, Colorado's was, was a flat line structure that was mined out. There's another one uh, in the district that's been mined out. And that was the one that we first, when we first got to the property, actually Craig and I sampled it together, the face of it. And it was mm. extremely high grade. And it was, you know, we were looking at a 10 meter kind of uh, face there of, of high grade mineralization. So we know that they exist in the area. I'm, I'm confident this isn't the, the only one that we're going to find. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's very meaningful to have this type of uh, structure here. Okay. And how about the disbursement of, of precious metal mineralization? Is it, I mean, is there any, um, does, are you seeing any continuity or, or flow of certain ways? Cause I'm, you know, I'm looking, uh, at the cross section, looking Northeast image that you put on the press release. And I mean, you're, you're seeing like nine and a half meters of 1300 grams per ton silver equivalent kind of towards the top of the vein, uh, 900 in the middle, 101 towards the bottom. So how does the higher grade kind of disperse through this vein or is it too early to tell? You know, we have some theories about that, but we, we, we just don't know just yet what's controlling the high grade. Um, mm -hmm. But there are pulse, pulses of it. It seems to be, you know, um, you know, somewhat uh, consistent towards the, the top and then a little bit uh, potentially lower grade, but still, you know, still mineable grades. You know, if you look at that whole 147, which is 12 meters at 101 grams, um, silver equivalent. And by the way, when we talk about silver equivalent here, this is only gold and silver. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just as another side note, you know, some of these holes, if they were just the gold on their own would be, you know, headline holes for companies. But, uh, you know, we're just talking about gold and silver here. Um, but, you know, that 12 meters at 100 grams, um, you know, most of the mines that are operating in Mexico, you know, the, the longer lived ones are, are um, you know, they're mining one meter at 150 or, you know, two meters at 100 grams. So, um, you know, those are very still can, would be considered generally economic as well. Okay. Uh, so, so what's next for Kapala? I mean, what do you do with this, with this data? And I know you're, it looks like you're doing some LIDAR survey work, continue to help improve your, your targeting. Uh, but really, how do you summarize what's next? Well, for us, um, you know, the rigs are still turning. Uh, three rigs on Kapala. We have three rigs on Napoleon. Uh, you know, it's funny, this is going to overshadow Napoleon, um, but Napoleon is, is going to, you know, be a significant uh, contributor to the up updated resource towards the end of the year. But really, you know, my goal here, and, and it plays into our, our, our company's vision that we've had, um, you know, for years now, is we want to show that uh, we have the makings of a very large-scale, uh, high-grade, large-tonnage mine in Mexico, um, and then we want to move that into production because, the uh, you know the fact is is that it's it's uh, really a not a not a um, uh, a capex that is you know restrictive in, in the sense that we're not building a billion dollar capex copper mine here um, you know we've got all of the the, the uh, affected ejidos that are involved in in this area of uh, our district we have got thirty year agreements in with them for for production so you know really what we would need to do here is probably build you know, something that the CapEx intensity wouldn't be, it really wouldn't be that much. And, and um, you know, if you, well, I'm not going to give numbers because I can't right now, but if you were to look at a Silvercrest as a recent build in Mexico, that gives you an idea of, of generally what those, those costs. And I believe they did that for about $150 million. Um, You know, costs may have gone up slightly, you know, with, with inflation recently, but, 
you know, generally speaking, we're not talking about something that's got a huge capital uh, expenditure intensity here. So, you know, for us to show, um, you know, large scale tonnage and high grades and, and put a mine plan together around that, show the, um, you know, the, the cost that it would take to get into production, then I think we, we do that. And, um, you know, Vizsla would, would then benefit greatly from the, the multiple that, that uh, silver producers get. But we'd be doing something that very few other companies um, really in the world are, are doing, which is, you know, we're not a lead and zinc mine that's dressed up as a silver mine. This would be a precious metals uh, operation, and uh, we'd, be, um, we'd be doing that on a large, large scale. And, you know, we, we know that silver companies get, uh, get a, a premium for that, and, um, you know, that's what we're driving towards. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, congratulations on this. It's a, a lot more to come out of not only Kapala, but really the entire Panuco project. So we'll be sure to connect with you probably here in the coming weeks as more news comes out from Visa Silver. But uh, in the meantime, my friend, uh, stay safe to you and all the crew down there in Mexico. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. That's your corporate update with Visa Silver trading on the TSXV with VZLA and the NYSE. NYSE with, again, VZLA. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.